0: Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. Thanks for joining us today. You know, in a week or two, we'll reach our two-year anniversary here at Open Your Eyes, and it's been quite a journey. Uh, I started this podcast as a way to share a few thoughts and stories with a small group of friends at an amazing company where we worked. But it's grown far beyond what we expected. You know, the downloads, listens, and visits to our site now number in the hundreds of thousands. And I don't think it's because we do the best job, and definitely not because I'm the best podcaster, but I think we, like you, are just trying to get a little better each day. And good podcasts, good discussion, uplifting encouragement is contagious. We all, me, you, all of us need a little encouragement in our day. And this podcast is born from a deep desire to help us all be encouraged and live a happier life. So today, I hope this podcast improves your outlook and gives you a few tools and a little bit of perspective to think and live better. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about a simple fact. You got this. Now, the dream of many athletes is to make it to the professional levels in their sport. In football, about 1.5% of the NCAA Division I college football players make it to the NFL. That doesn't seem like a lot, but compared to other sports, it's a huge number. Only 1.2% of college basketball players, for example, make it to the NBA. And when it comes to golf the chances of making it to the PGA Tour get even lower. First, only about 40% of PGA Tour players went to college. So you can't use college as the only source of player statistics. But the PGA says that only one out of 51,000 serious golfers ever make it to the PGA. And there are tens of thousands of golfers in the Professional Golf Association. But of that group, only 175 hold the exemption to play on the tour. It's called having your PGA Tour card. And getting and keeping your card is extremely difficult. Each year, the qualifying league called the Corn Ferry Tour reserves 50 PGA Tour cards for those who come up through the ranks and qualify. And you can earn one of those 50 PGA Tour cards by winning on the Corn Ferry Tour. You can also get your card by being in the top five players as a college senior. You can get your card also through what's called a sponsor's exemption. All major PGA events have a sponsor, and these sponsors can reserve a number of spots in any tournament for golfers that are not already in the field. For example, Tiger Woods was so popular coming out of Stanford that sponsors gave him an exemption and invited him to play, and that's how he eventually earned his PGA Tour card. Sponsors want popular golfers to play in their tournament to increase the television viewing audience. Well, it was a bit of a sponsor's exemption that gave Amy Bachersteady her chance to play on the PGA Tour a few years ago. In fact, her play in the Phoenix Open is the most engaged video ever on the PGA Tours Facebook page. Amy was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but her parents moved their family to Phoenix, Arizona in 2010. And there, Amy attended Stetson Hills Elementary School. Her first golf experience came in the eighth grade. She loved playing on the school's team. So her father helped her improve her golfing skills, and she ended up playing four years on the high school girls team where she earned a varsity letter. And this was particularly remarkable because Amy has Down syndrome. Amy was the first person with Down syndrome to play in the Arizona High School State Championship. She was so good, in fact, she went on to play on full golf scholarship at Paradise Valley Community College. She's also a Special Olympics athlete in golf, swimming, and volleyball. But a few years back, Amy was invited by the PGA tour to play the par three 16th hole at the Phoenix open. There she was teamed up with professional golfers, Gary Woodland and Matt Kuchar. Amy had her dad with her as a caddy. And when it was time for her to step up to the tee, she did so with confidence. Her father helped set up her tee and her ball and then said to Amy, you got this. Interestingly, Amy repeated the phrase before she swung to hit the ball. She said to herself, I got this. Well, Amy's shot was straight, but it ended up in the bunker in front of the green. And as Amy walked down the fairway with Gary and Matt, the crowd cheered her on. And she waved back, looking like and walking like a professional of her craft. Now, hitting a perfect shot out of a greenside bunker is challenging for any golfer on the PGA Tour. It's impossible for me and extremely difficult for most golfers, but what made Amy's attempt so popular on social media was when Matt handed her the club, she started walking towards the bunker and said to herself, I got this. Then she repeated, you can do this. You can do this. Her shot out of the bunker was perfect. The ball made it onto the green and rolled within about 10 or 12 feet of the hole. Matt and Paul were astounded at her calm demeanor and serious golf skills. Now, on the green, a 10 or 12-foot putt is not a gimme. Amy, however, stepped up to the ball and said, I got this, and put the ball in the cup for a par and showed the professionals how to approach the game of golf. Woodland later said, that day with Amy was a day I'll never forget. You see, what separates the very best golfers from the rest of the field is not necessarily their skill. Everyone has skill, but almost everyone agrees it's the mental part of their game, the ability to remain calm, to keep your nerves about you, and to execute your shot. At the highest level, this amount of mental concentration and difference can mean everything. In fact, one golf pro said, I know some of the guys struggling to make it on the PGA Tour out there can get a little nutty sometimes, a little head casey. They could learn some very valuable lessons from Amy as far as how to keep their head about them. Individuals with Down syndrome use a lot of self-talk. And Dr. Nicole Bommer, director of the Down syndrome program at Boston Children's Hospital says, it's a very common way for people with Down syndrome to deal with difficult situations learn new skills, and process things by using self-talk. Now, today's podcast is not about self-talk, although it could be because I'm a huge believer in the power of self-talk, but it is about what we can learn from Amy. In any event or circumstance in life, there is power in knowing or saying or believing, I got this. I know many of you are facing a challenge or two right now in life, Perhaps you've taken on a big, ambitious goal and you're not sure you can finish. Perhaps you're battling a longstanding habit you need to change. Perhaps your family is struggling or you're facing an illness and the list goes on of very real challenges in life. Perhaps you're trying to keep your own positivity up because it's easy to get depressed or downhearted or let the boredom of everyday life have its way with you. Whatever it is, remember, you got this you got this. This isn't hype or a silly concept, but setting your mind right in the frame of you got this is a real life skill that our children need to learn and we need to learn and practice every day. You know, the famous golfer Jack Nicholas taught this principle powerfully. He says that the best golfers in the world have the unique ability to control their prevailing belief. When most golfers step up to the tee box, they're thinking, don't hit it into the trees or don't hit it left into that hazard or don't hit it in the water. The best golfers in the world have a positive expectancy and inner certainty that causes them not to see the trees or the hazards or the water. They only see the place where they want to hit the ball in the middle of the fairway or on the green. And Nicholas says that this is the significant ability that sets apart the very best golfers from the rest. What they see on the tee matters. And I think if we could peel back the cloudy view we have and see things perfectly, we would see that the difference between reaching your goals or not, overcoming a habit or not, or becoming who you want to become or not, isn't that big. Meaning the skills we need are not so far from our reach that a few simple changes couldn't help us but succeed. You know, too many of us don't get what we truly want in life or from ourselves, because we only see the hazards in the trees and the water. And our prevailing belief window lets through the doubts and worries of what can happen, and this impacts our swing in life. I've seen hundreds of people start new businesses. And at the start of that business, they're thinking of all the things that could go wrong. They think of how their daily schedule will have to change and how inconvenient that will be. And they imagine the difficulties that will come their way. And all of this is imprinted on their belief window. All the while, others who start the same type of business understand their limitations and risks, but their expectancy, their focus is on the end goal and the right activities and the good things that are going to come about as a result. And when inconveniences and difficulties arise, they see these things as a means to an end, challenges to address, and learning to be learned. And I, like you, have tried to improve personally or overcome a habit only to give in to the headspacey thinking of why I can't or why it's too hard or why I fail in my attempts. When all along, You and I possess the power, the ability to do what we've set out to do. And believe it or not, if we had a little bit more of Amy's, I got this, her mental clarity, we just might do what needs to be done. After Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, graduated from college, he was offered jobs at Intel, Anderson Consulting, and a few other major companies. But he chose a startup instead. He would later then go on to work at a hedge fund. But despite the financial security of Wall Street and a hedge fund, he founded Amazon in his garage on July 5th, 1994. At first, he named the company Kadabra. And he borrowed $300,000 from his parents and warned them that there was a 70% chance that Kadabra would fail. But that was not his mindset. His mindset was, I got this. Now, Kadabra was an online bookstore. And in that garage, Bezos and a few employees started developing software for the new website. And within a year, they had expanded their operations to a two-bedroom house. The name of the company was then changed to Amazon after the Amazon River because the name begins with the letter A. And they thought this would give them an advantage in alphabetical searches. The Amazon store test site was launched in 1995 and Amazon started shipping books across the United States and other countries. And Bezos chose to sell and ship books because they were the most traded online commodities at the time. At 34 years of age, Bezos then decided to expand into electronics, toys, clothes, and the Amazon we know today took shape. So why was Bezos able to do what others did not do? Why did he leave his full-time job, his security, his potential for a salary and comfortable life and risk it on something that no one had done before? How was he able to take a calculated risk and have the solid belief that he could see it through? Well, Bezos says that it was his view. He said, don't let your circumstances define you. Let your view define you. And you, like Amy, may be standing at a greenside bunker with an impossible shot to get on the green, so to speak. But you got this, and you may have a 12-foot putt for par or a 100-foot leap forward in your business or a small leap forward in your daily habits, whatever it is, you got this. And if all of this is true and it is, then let me pass on to you some pieces of advice that have come from some experts who have been down the path you and I are traveling and understand the practical actions and mindsets that can lead you from, I'm not sure to, I got this in your daily thinking and doing first. Sometimes in life, we get to thinking that if it doesn't happen now, I failed. And in our day today, we've lost sight of the fact that some miracles, some really good things take time. And the battle is won in the consistent sticking to a thing. You know, business author Jim Collins taught this lesson in a very unique way when he said, picture an egg, he says, day after day, it sits there. No one pays attention to it. No one notices it. And certainly no one takes a picture of it or puts it on the cover of a celebrity-focused social media site. But then one day, the shell cracks and out jumps a chicken. All of a sudden, the major magazines and newspapers jump on the story, stunning turnaround at Egg, and the chick who led the breakthrough at Egg. From the outside, the story always reads like an overnight sensation, as if the egg had suddenly and radically altered itself into a chicken. Now, picture the egg from the chicken's point of view. While the outside world was ignoring this seemingly dormant egg, the chicken within was evolving and growing and developing, changing. From the chicken's point of view, the moment of breakthrough of cracking the egg was simply one more step in a long chain of steps that had led up to that moment. Granted, it was a big step, But it was hardly the radical transformation that it looked like from the outside. And in today's age of instant everything, we must learn once more the virtue of sticking with a thing. Amy wasn't able to hit out of the greenside bunker at the Phoenix Open just because she said, I got this. She had played golf her entire life. She played in high school, in college, and in the Special Olympics. She hit hundreds, if not thousands, of balls out of the greenside bunker. And so it is with every golfer and with you and me. We hit the shots we've attempted hundreds of times. Success is the eventual manifestation of thousands of failed attempts. I need to be willing to do the work inside the eggs, behind the scenes, when I'm alone that will help me succeed when I'm not alone. You are the same. And this is in opposition to today's prevailing mindset that we are entitled to success. Not so. You are entitled to exactly what you work incredibly hard to do. In fact, growing up, Jeff Bezos says that his motto was nil sine labore, which means nothing without hard work. He firmly believed that hard work has no replacement. You know, many people often ask him the difference between a gift and a skill, or does being talented at something require effort? To this, Bezos replies that you may have a gift, but having a gift doesn't relieve you of the need for incredibly hard work to bring that gift to life. Next lesson, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Now, I could have just as easily said, if you're the hardest working person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Or if you're the most joyous person in the room, you're in the wrong room. The point is that we are who we surround ourselves with. And there are few things more important in young adult life than who you surround yourself with because they will have a profound impact on the rest of your life. And surrounding yourself with driven and intelligent people will influence you positively. Now, I'm 59 years old, and as I say this, I'm thinking to myself, few things at my age are more important than, one, surrounding myself with good people who influence me for good, and two, being the type of person who can lift others by my goodness or work ethic. You know, triplets Sage, Davin, and Creed Thompson were 11 years old when their father, Bryce, died of leukemia. Bryce never smoked or consumed alcohol. He exercised and ate a good diet. But his death wasn't a surprise because the Thompsons have a rare hereditary condition called LFS syndrome. It significantly increases the likelihood of developing multiple cancers, and most people with it die before the age of 30. Now, the triplets were born through in vitro fertilization to reduce the risk of passing on the disease. And recently, the triplets who are now in college did something that has never been done before. All three in the same year received All-American honors. Sage as a gymnast for her work on the uneven bars and Davin and Creed received similar honors for their running in cross country. How did all three turn out to be gifted at athletics? Well, when you ask them, it was their father and it was their mother and it was each other. The contagious effect That they had on each other gave them the needed power to do the work to win. The feeling they have for their father and their mother, who recently battled cancer herself, spurs them on to do things they might not otherwise be able to do. Now, you may not have a triplet brother or sister close to you to help you rise, but who you do have close to you matters. So, again, if you're the smartest person in the room, change rooms. And it's okay to be challenged and pushed through new relationships. Remember, in many areas of life, your connections are likely going to present the best opportunities for you down the line. So who you have in your network matters. Next lesson, treat things as an opportunity, not a requirement. This is an incredibly powerful belief to hold on your belief window in life. When you show up for work at your business today, you can see you're making calls or approaches to new customers as a dreadful requirement or a beautiful opportunity. The latter mindset will change everything. Raising that son or daughter may be difficult right now. It is something to be endured or an opportunity to get better, to be celebrated because of what it can do for you and for them. When we see things as an opportunity, it gives what we are doing purpose. You know, Nitschke said, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. When we see something as an opportunity, our job, circumstances, or relationships, we gain purpose. You know, in the movie Cinderella Man, Russell Crowe plays James Braddock, a boxer who lived during the Great Depression. Braddock was a boxer who had fought for years with limited success, and he decided to step away from boxing. But during the Depression, with no job opportunities and little income, he returned to the ring to provide for his family. During one poignant scene in the film, Braddock is in the midst of a fight and takes a hard punch to the head. And while he's dazed, Braddock sees images in his mind of his wife and children going hungry, having no money to pay bills. And he knew giving up or getting knocked out wasn't an option. So he musters his strength and his will and wins the fight. In a post-fight interview, he's asked the question, what changed your streak of bad luck? And Braddock softly replies, this time I know what I'm fighting for." You know, as a CEO of a large organization, I've learned that when your team understands and feels what they're fighting for, the opportunity ahead of them, they will work, overcome, and engage with significantly more energy and passion. Next lesson, nothing empowers you to feel and say, I got this, more than the confidence that comes from taking action. You know, inaction breeds doubt, complacency, fear. Action feeds your faith. And the truth is, in life, there's no neutral ground. Each time you choose to act or not to act, moves you closer or further away from who you're meant to be. Born on the south side of Chicago, Lynn's mother worked for a local rabbi, and her father worked in a chicken factory. And throughout her childhood, her less-than-stellar class scores had her convinced she wasn't smart enough. In college, she tried, but when she didn't perform well, she left school and drove to California. She knew she was off course from who she could be, but she went forward. She got a job as a waitress at the Buttercup Bakery. For seven years, she worked as a waitress. She knew she could do more, but her deviated life had become normal. Finally, at the age of 29, she decided to make a change. She started to act. She asked her parents to loan her money, but they had none. So the next day, a patron in the restaurant asked her what was wrong, and she explained she needed to borrow money to start a restaurant. So he loaned her $2,000 and helped her find another $50,000, and she made an offer on a restaurant that was for sale. Well, to keep the money safe and to earn interest while the deal was being prepared, she invested the money with Merrill Lynch. But to her dismay, when she went to get the money to purchase the restaurant, she was told the money had been invested in high-risk options, and the market had turned, and everything was lost. How could this be? How could this happen? Well, Lynn started to act. She went to work trying to understand investments. The more she learned, the more intrigued she became. She soon realized that she had a good understanding of investments, and she took action again, and applied for a job at Merrill Lynch and got it. And with action infused in her life, she said the world started to open up to her. While studying for her Series 7 exam, she realized that the broker who lost her money did so without going through the proper procedures. So while employed at Merrill Lynch, she sued Merrill Lynch and won her lawsuit and recovered her $52,000. She then repaid her friends at the Buttercup restaurant. Now, being a person of action, and after several years with Merrill Lynch, she worked for Prudential Securities, then formed her own investment firm. It was from there that Susie Lynn Orman launched her career in writing and training others on how to manage their money. For Susie, action changed everything. It took her from waiting, waiting on tables and waiting on life, to a life of great value. Action helped her get a loan, action helped her become a broker, action helped her sue her employer, and action led to a new career. And action helps you return to who you are and what you value. Action attracts. And when you act, you get clear about what you're looking for, and you attract the right people and the right resources to your life. Most of all, when you're in the midst of massive action, you can say to yourself, I got this and believe it. Next lesson. In the scripture we read, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened." For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Every day all around you are people who are thrilled at life. They seem curious and happier in the way they live. And I believe these are people who are seeking and learning and asking to find answers to the questions they have all the time. There is tremendous power in this way of life. When I was younger and in college, I had so many questions. The biggest questions were, what was I going to do in life? What profession would I practice? Who would I marry? Where would I live? What talents would I pursue and who would I become? And while not knowing the answers to these questions was extremely stressful at times, the discovery of the answers to these questions was the greatest adventure of my life. There is great power in asking, seeking, and discovering. Now, what in your life today are you asking or seeking? You see, sometimes we get into living and living and forget about asking and seeking. So again... What are you asking about right now in your life? Here's a simple example of how asking and seeking can help you feel like I got this. Years ago, I was struggling in life. I was leading a team poorly. I was a father and not a good one, not doing a very good job. And in my mind, I was critical of my team. I wasn't relating to my son, and several other things were going on. I definitely didn't feel like saying, I got this. In fact, my relationship with my son had sunk to a new low. I was desperate. I was asking and praying and seeking, how do I change? How do I bring power into my life? How do I lead better? How do I be a better father? Well, because I was seeking, I went to a small training with Dr. Stephen Covey. There, by chance or fate, a person stood and asked the very question I had in my mind about being a leader and a father. It was like they knew exactly what I was thinking. Well, Dr. Covey asked us to pull out a pen and asked us to write everything we hated about our team or job or circumstances. And I started writing. It was so easy. I wrote all of my weaknesses and the weaknesses of the people around me and the behaviors of my children and on I went. Then he asked us to make a list of everything we loved. All of a sudden, I could only think of my son. And when I wrote the list of what I loved, I wrote a long list of what I loved about him. He was super funny. He made me laugh. He was really good with his sisters. He was kind. And on I wrote. Then Dr. Covey stopped us and he said, here is the secret. My ears perked up. This is what I'd been seeking. I I wanted to know. He paused for a minute and he waited. And with five words, he changed my life. He said focus on what you love. In a moment, I could see what I needed to do with my team members. I needed to focus on what I loved with my son. I started pushing away any thoughts of what I didn't like and focused instead exclusively on what I loved about him. And I changed. And amazingly, he changed. Why? I think he could feel authentically how I felt about him. And he and I started on a journey of a beautiful relationship we have to this day. And this is something that I've tried to apply in my life in many other areas. Now, I would have never learned what I learned. I would have never done what I did if it hadn't been for asking and seeking. You see, in the searching and finding, you gain confidence to say, I got this. So as we end today, remember Amy and her words that guide her life I got this. Remember, you got this. You can do what you've set out to do. In life, we get to thinking that if it doesn't happen now, I failed. Not so. Some miracles, some really good things take time. You got this. To rise in your confidence, surround yourself with the people who can help you say with confidence, You got this. And remember, work matters action matters, and purpose matters. And watch. I'm certain you will find what you are seeking, get answers to what you're asking, and discover a new approach to living in which you can say, I got this. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.